0: You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church at church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. Today's an exciting day and glad that you're with us. We have officially closed on this building and it belongs to us. This afternoon also we have an open house and if you've not yet registered for the open house, please go to church2911.com openhouse open house, one word, and register. You just have to register one time for your family. And I know a few of you have been in the building and already seen it. This afternoon is not just about getting in the building and walking around, but it's also about hearing the vision of what we see God wanting us to do from here, what he is gonna do through us from here. You remember, we've been saying all year long, Church 2911 has always been more than a building. And so this building is going to be more than a church. So now for our message today in the more sermon series. Last week we talked about having more understanding. And something occurred to me again this week is I believe that when people listen to a sermon, they kind of fall in one of two general categories. The first category is people that kind of think it's all about them, sometimes good, sometimes bad, right? That the pastor, man, he's just talking to me about my promises and stuff. Or they're thinking, he's singling me out today. You know? And so I think that's the first category. That's not exactly the way we need to listen to a sermon. But the second category is even worse, is to think that it's never about you, to think that you know, the message is always about you know, those other people. They sure needed to hear this. I hope they listen to this message. That's not the way to listen either. But I think the way to listen is to understand that every time God is speaking, whether he's speaking to us individually in our prayer closets, in our devotion time, riding down the road, listening to a song, or speaking to us through a a great friend, a mentor, or through a sermon, whenever God is speaking, that there's something in there that I need to hear. So I hope we'll do that, especially for last week's sermon and for this week's, because I want to pick up, in a way, right where we left off. We were talking about more understanding, that God gave us a call to reach people. Reaching people doesn't happen when we are right. It happens when we have understanding. Let me give you four thoughts, okay, to kind of connect last week's sermon into one big thought I wanna give you at the end of this message, okay? When you understand someone, that doesn't mean that you agree with their actions Or that you even condone their actions like think about last week I asked you you know how many of you have ever secretly wanted to spank an unruly child and then I talked about how often children are just acting out because of some great pain in their in their life and if you understand that that makes you maybe want to help them even though you don't condone their actions or think about that other thing we talked about last week, that story about the woman who came to wash Jesus' feet. And Jesus forgave her. He accepted her right where she was. That doesn't mean he agreed with her past. It doesn't mean he condoned her sins. As a matter of fact, that's the whole point of forgiving someone means that there was some wrong there, right? There was something broken in her life. And so Jesus accepted her as she was, and he forgave her. Okay, here's, here's the second thought to connect last week to this week's sermon. The first step in reaching someone is hearing them, even when they're not talking. You know what I mean? About three weeks ago, I was preaching and, and, and I shared with you about how Jesus fed hungry people even though they weren't asking for food. Now, if you'll go to the online sermon notes, you'll see the link to that story. We don't have time to tell that story again right here. But he didn't wait for people to say, hey, I'm hungry. He saw their hunger and he fed them anyway. Realize this, because this is what you and I need to do, is we need to relate our own lives and our own history and our own examples into the lives of other people that are around us that need to be reached. Is that Jesus, he hears, he sees, he senses, he feels everything we're going through, Even when we don't express it, right? I mean, you've had that happen, right? You felt God just kind of move in, that he he knew what you were going through. He sensed it, even though you hadn't really expressed it to him yet. Jesus did that. And if Jesus did that, then how much more do you and I need to do that? We're his followers. We're Christ followers. We're Christ-like. That's what Christian means. And so if this is who Christ was, then this is who we need to be. Okay, so thirdly, Because all of us are broken, all of us need to be invited. And sometimes it's easy to look at people who are really broken, people's lives that are really messed up, and it's easy to kind of just judge them and say, ah, but they'll never come to Jesus. What about those people that are wrong? Do they also need to be invited? Absolutely. Maybe more than anybody else, the ones that are so obviously wrong. Yes, they do. Let me remind you. Jesus Didn't accept you. He didn't chase you Because you were right all the time. He didn't chase you down. He didn't accept you He didn't forgive you because you had everything figured out you had everything working in your life But because you were broken because you did have things in your life that weren't right yet Even things you were doing wrong. Think about it this way. When did Jesus die for you? Was it before or after that great sin that you committed Obviously, it was before because he died and rose again before you were even born, right? But Paul in Romans chapter 5 verse 8, he kind of puts that whole idea into context because, see, Paul was born probably around the time Jesus was born, maybe just a few years later. So he was alive during most of Jesus' life, during his whole ministry, during the time of his death and resurrection. And you know what Paul said that when he was talking to uh, the, the Christians in Rome? He said that Jesus died for us Those who were alive right then, that's how he's saying it. Jesus died for us while we were still sinners. So Jesus died for us while we were wrong. So yeah, even wrong people need that invitation. And number four, reaching people requires caring about them, not judging them. Just like Jesus did for you and me, right? I mean... Can somebody just say, whether you say it out loud or not, can you just join me and say, thank God for grace? If anyone is qualified to sit as my judge, Jesus is. If anyone deserves to be judged, I do. And yet, what did Jesus do? He didn't judge me, He cared about me. He looked, He saw what I was dealing with, and He cared. There's another story I share with you just a couple of weeks ago in John chapter 8 about this woman that was caught in the middle of this great, horrible sin. And some men wanted to kill her. They wanted to put her to death. You know what Jesus said? He said, whoever was without sin, let him cast the first stone. Whoever's without sin. Well, who is that? Who is that? Not any of us alive on this earth today. We need to remember that we weren't judged. And because we weren't judged, but we were given grace, then we should also bestow that same grace out for everyone else. Okay. So then, this is the heart of God. This is the dream of God. It's all these things we've been talking about so far in, in, in this sermon. It's not about us proving ourselves right, whether we're proving ourselves right as a church as a local church, or even individually. It's not about us fighting over position or fighting over our stances or any of those kinds of things. It's about us reaching lost souls that need to be reached. Prove it to you. Have you ever heard of the gifts of the Spirit? Now, you probably have. If you've listened to us preach, you've heard of some time in there, right? In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, read this, I dare you. If you read that chapter, you read there about power that God wants to put in our lives, these gifts of the Spirit. And when you read them, what I see in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 is that God gives us those gifts, not for our own benefit, not so that, so that my life can just be better, but so that everyone can be encouraged, so that other believers are encouraged, but also so everyone can come closer to Jesus, including those that don't even know him yet This is God's plan that even with the gifts the gifts are for us to be able to reach someone that has not yet been reached To care for someone that has not received that to to, to give that invitation To someone that has not received it yet We all have these gifts But what are we doing with them? I mean, especially right now during this Shut down, time of restrictions, safer at home, whatever you're calling it. What are we doing with those gifts right now? Because, you know, it could be a really dangerous time for us and our gifts. Let me explain what I mean. Have you ever been around a 10-year-old? And I'll just go ahead and say it. I'm a, I'm a guy, so I'll just go ahead and say it about us guys. You ever been around a 10-year-old boy who had absolutely nothing to do? He had nothing to do... That day or something you ever been around a ten-year-old boy like that. I mean he's not just bored He is absolutely irritating Because he has nothing to do and he's gonna drive you crazy, right because he has nothing to do You and I were like that. I'm not a ten-year-old boy anymore, but if I don't have Something to do if I don't have an outlet for my passions if I don't have an outlet for my gifts and my talents And we've all got them you've got gifts you've got talents and you've got spiritual gifts you have physical abilities but you also have spiritual gifts that are available to you well we're kind of learning right now what happens when we don't have that outlet right we get depressed a lot of depression happening right now and for some of us it goes way to the end in a fatalistic way that where we begin thinking and even saying out loud that you know, it's all over. Life is over. Or I have nothing to live for. This is, this is just so much the end of, uh, of my, my career or my marriage or my family or my future. Fatalistically, we, we start looking at these things. It, that's where depression will lead us if we, if we, don't, if we don't get a grip of it. Or, or, or when we don't have this, this opportunity, this outlet to share our gifts and our talents and our abilities, we can become real selfish because we're not seeing other people. We're not reaching other people. And it makes us focus more and more and more on ourselves. We focus on that boredom and not being able to do and not being able to see and not being able to uh, you know, connect with other people. We focus on that and we become really very selfish. Or here's another area. We become critical, argumentative. Anybody seen that? during these times? Exactly. People get critical and argumentative. I I mean, I've seen this as a pastor in in churches that I have pastored for over 20 years, that when when someone wasn't taking advantage of or didn't have the opportunity to serve in their ministry area, their passion of what they wanted to accomplish for, for Jesus, when they didn't have that, they would become critical of those that did that if maybe they wanted to sing or maybe they wanted to teach, but they didn't have the time to put into it right now. For whatever reason, they didn't get the opportunity. It was easy for them to get critical of other people that were able to share their gifts and passions. That's why you and I have to be really careful. You know, this is a time unlike any other than we've ever experienced in our life and unlike any other that many generations have ever experienced. But you remember back in March when we kind of just hit the pause button? I mean, that's what we thought we were doing, right? With church, with business, with, you know, with our job. You know, we're hitting the pause button, going to work from home, that kind of a thing. Can I tell you something? We're not in the pause mode anymore. I know things are still, we're still hearing about new restrictions and coming along, but we're not in pause anymore. We're trying to find a way to make it happen. I mean, that's what we're doing. We're trying to find out how do I... Still keep doing my job wearing a mask. How do I still keep doing church? Wearing a mask. How do we keep going to the store and social distancing? We haven't been in pause mode for a while, but I think we haven't realized that we've actually started trying to 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 get our lives Jump-started again and and, uh, and it seems like these things keep hitting us But I think sometimes we we act like we're still in pause. We're not in pause mode, especially in ministry you see, I think what a lot of us are doing is we're looking at this time and saying, we just don't have the opportunity to minister to anybody. I can't hold someone's hand and pray with them right now. I had a lady call me on the phone yesterday and ask me for prayer. I had the opportunity to pray with her. I heard today from a church member that they got a phone call and the person said that they're really struggling. They were able to talk a while and then they had prayer and it encouraged that person to make it. I checked on that person this afternoon, and, and they didn't say anything. They didn't act like they were even having a problem, perhaps because they had had time with someone else. This is not a time of less opportunity. This is a time of more opportunity. But we've got to realize we're not in pause mode anymore. It's time for us to figure out how we do ministry in this present situation that we're in. Not in 2021. Not yet. We're still right here in 2020. We're still in the middle of this coronavirus, shut down, safer at home, masks and social distancing. And we've got to figure out how to do ministry right here. So I want to ask you a question. I wrote this down. Something I wanted to ask our leaders back. This was weeks ago. And have not ever had the opportunity that I felt like, okay, it's time to ask this question. But I wanted to ask some of the leaders of our church. What were you dreaming pre- Coronavirus What was it you were dreaming to do in ministry pre-coronavirus, you know what? I want to ask you that question What were you dreaming? Before you hit pause were you dreaming something about ministry? Was there some passion inside of you that you wanted to reach you wanted to do something for somebody you wanted to help in some way? What was that passion that you had before the coronavirus in in March? You know what whatever that dream was it's not gone away. Oh yeah, maybe it's changed. I mean, masks and social distancing, that'll definitely change, you know, change your plans and change your ideals. But really, what was that dream? What was that passion? Because whatever it was then, you probably still have that same dream right now, today. You probably have that exact same passion right now. And I wanna challenge you to say what it is. I wanna challenge you to embrace what it is. I wanna challenge you to remember what that passion was that you had in your heart before all this happened and say this can't wait my passion can't wait my dream can't wait till this is all over because who knows how long till this is all over who knows how long until there's a normalcy we have to realize we have a normal right now and this is the normal that we have to minister in so embrace that again dream it again and i really want to i really want to know I mean, I'm I'm gonna actually ask you, we're gonna ask you, our leaders are gonna ask you, and, and you'll see it real soon, okay? We're gonna ask you what your dream is because we wanna know how we can help you fulfill the ministry dream that you have in your heart. So let's pray. Join me in prayer as we close. And if you're not a follower of Christ, but all this sounds awesome to you and you would like to start that walk with him, following him, then I invite you to join us. He's already done the hard part. All you have to do is have faith in him. That's what Romans 10, 9 and 10 says. Just believe in Jesus Christ. So let's pray. God, I love you. Again, I thank you, Lord. This is not a time that you have left us or a time that you've forgotten about us, but God, this is a time that you continually pour out vision and and purpose, God. And God, for someone that is not following you right now but wants to, I ask you, God, to just hear them as in their heart, their faith just arises to to believe in in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and the blood that washes all our sins away and record their name in your records in heaven, I pray. And God, for all those dreams that we've had, yeah, even the personal dreams as well, but especially those ministry dreams that we think we put on pause, that we think have been put on hold, that we, that we think are somewhere in the past and maybe they'll never happen. God, I pray just renew them, God, and restore that passion and that heart and that dream all over again. God, because this is not a moment of less opportunity. This is our moment. And let the church dream again. God, and let your people dream again. And let my family dream again. And God, let us see you do exactly what you have determined you would do through us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer, we'd love to pray with you. You can email our prayer team at prayer at church2911.com or text us at 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting church2911.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. Thanks for listening to the 2911 Sermons Podcast. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.